Welcome to the Stolen Reality Podcast. This is where you belong. All right, everybody, welcome to the Stolen Reality Podcast. It is Saturday, which means it's time for another What A Week episode, where I go back through all the news articles throughout the week and catch up on all the fun stuff that you probably missed. Today is Saturday, June 10th, so we are rolling into summer. Hope you guys are having a great time out there and hope you got big plans to make the most of your couple months off from school and, well, I guess as adults, we don't get months off, but at least we can pretend like we have a summer vacation, right? Get out there and make the most of it. All right, so let's get into today's news articles. So first up, and right off the bat, this is a big one. Yesterday I did an episode about a possible UFO landing in the back of somebody's yard over there in Vegas and them seeing aliens come out of it. Well, I had mentioned this first article in that, but we have a whistleblower coming out now. This man, David Grush, coming out and saying that the military has for a long time been retrieving downed extraterrestrial vehicles and has been reverse engineering them and also has found bodies. Now, like I said yesterday, if you guys have been on the UFO front for long at all, like if you've been into this like I have or, you know, a lot of people have for a long time, we already know that this is going on. You know, they've been doing this ever since Roswell and probably before that, but at least since then. But now we officially have somebody coming forward and saying that this is happening. So, in my mind, we got to think about why all this is coming forward right now, right? Like we have this kind of soft disclosure going on where they're releasing these little pieces of evidence. And this has happened very fast. It's been speedballing. First, it came out with that little Tic Tac UFO video. And then they say, okay, well, there is these UFOs. And then people said, well, we need to investigate them. So they let Congress um, open up some documents, of course, like 99% of that was redacted. And then from there, they were like, okay, we're going to make arrow and we're going to start actually investigating these things. And they take all of this evidence. And then we say, well, we can't say that it's extraterrestrial in origin, because all we know is that it defies the laws of physics. And we don't have anything like this, but we can't say where it comes from, which doesn't necessarily add up in my mind. But it's like they release these little pieces of information just to just to appease us without actually giving us any real information. Well, this man is coming out and saying that, no, this has been going on and they're actually finding these things and recovering bodies and have been doing this for a long time and that there's this whole other program going on, which we know is true, um, but it's good for them to finally be saying this. So this Air Air Force veteran, excuse me, was a former member of the National Geospatial Intelligence Agency, and he's coming forward and saying that um, it's been kept secret by the U.S. government. He has spoken with award-winning investigative journalist Ross Colthart, and he did an exclusive interview where he kind of let loose on everything about what was going on. He said some pretty interesting things. One of the things he said is that these are retrieving non-human origin technical vehicles, call it spacecraft if you will, non-human exotic origin vehicles that have neither landed nor crashed. So he worked with the UAP task force and he was saying on the UAP task force, which is remember UAP is UFO. 
he said that the group was refused access to crash retrieval programs. So this is outside of this task force that they've created to to um, supposedly investigate all this stuff. This is something completely separate that they're not allowing access to. He's saying that, I thought it was totally nuts, and I thought at first I was being deceived. It was a ruse. People started to confide in me, approach me. I have plenty of senior former intelligence officers that came to me, many of which I knew almost my whole career, that confided in me that they were part of a program. They told me, based on their oral testimony, and they have provided me with documents and other proof, that there was in fact a program that the UAP task force was not read into. So... Again, he's coming forward and saying this whole arrow thing, this whole like disclosure project that's happening right now and that they're showing the public and is is nothing. It doesn't really mean anything because they already have a program where they're retrieving these um, downed UFOs and have found bodies and are reverse engineering all this stuff, but they won't give them access to that. So they're never going to let them... Um, actually like go public with that stuff for a lot of different reasons you know if you watch that documentary by Stephen Greer the undisclosed documentary he puts forth some really good evidence about how this all works and about how there's the black budget program that's been going on for a very long time that's not really the government you know that's not really how these things work it's beyond the government they go and they start private organizations and they fund these private corporations that do all of this stuff and that way they have kind of plausible deniability but it's this shadow government more or less that has been spending trillions of our tax dollars to take these things and reverse engineer them and get this new technology usually for, um, you know, warfare purposes. And we know that billions of dollars go missing every year in these black budget sites and all these black budget programs. Um, so if you watch, everybody should watch that undisclosed documentary, but if you watch that documentary, he explains kind of where that money's going and how this all works and how many times people have tried to come forward with this. Um, you know, he talks about how JFK right before he was assassinated said that there's a group of people trying to essentially take over our government and he wants to stop them. And then two days later or something like that, he was shot in the head. And this is, you know, it's the same thing where, who was it that talked about the military industrial complex? Um, I think it was Eisenhower was talking about the military industrial complex and how there's this group of people that are working on their own accord that are using our tax dollars to essentially take over everything. And he puts a good case forward in that documentary, that undisclosed documentary, that that is what they were, have all been talking about. And I'm pretty sure it's Eisenhower's granddaughter now who's very outspoken about these things and saying that, yeah, this is happening and we need to stop it. She's in the documentary as well. But anyway, all of that being said... Um, now we have an official government whistleblower saying, yes, this is happening and it's getting media attention because he's not the first person to say this. We've known about Project Blue Book and we've, there's been books written about this and documentaries made about this for years and years and years. But now I think is kind of the right time for this to happen because we have this aero program. And now, like I talked about last week, NASA just started their own program to supposedly investigate these things. So we have these public entities coming out and talking talking about the fact that yes, there is craft, yes, these things are happening, but they're not quite going far enough to say that, okay, there's aliens around us. And this guy's coming out and saying, well, yeah, there is. And it's been happening for a while, but they're not telling us about it. So we'll have to keep a close eye on this one and see where it goes. I'm very interested to see how they spin this one. Because there's a, there's a chance that this is part of this 
the disclosure and they're going to be like, okay, yeah, we do. And it's going to lead to the next step in this hard disclosure where they finally admit everything. Or there's a chance they're just going to discredit this guy and say, oh, no, he's actually a child predator or something like that and, and make him, you know, sound like a piece of shit and just say that he has schizophrenia and he's a liar and then um, push it onto the rug and it's going to get forgotten. Because that happens too. It kind of depends on what their overall goal here is. And that's what that's what nobody knows. Like, why are they now coming out and saying this? Why are they starting to disclose this? Is it because they're finally being honest? Because that's probably the least likely scenario. Or is it because they're setting up some sort of false flag event, like Stephen Greer says? Or is it just that it's gotten to the point where they can't contain it anymore, and so they have to give little pieces of information to keep us appeased? I think that's most likely, is that it's gotten to the point where we have you know, the internet and cameras and everything, and enough people are talking about it, they're like, okay, we can't hide this forever, but they need to control the narrative. So it's going to be really interesting to see how they control the narrative on this one. But I will keep on it and keep you guys updated as we go along. That article, by the way, came from NewsNationNow.com. And this next one comes from ABC11.com, and it kind of adds a tail end to that article. It says that the House Oversight plans UFO hearing after unconfirmed claims of crashed alien spacecraft. So essentially, they're saying that this man came out, but what he's saying is unconfirmed, and they're not saying that he's a liar yet, but they are planning a hearing to see um, what they're going to do about this. Like I said, how they're going to control this narrative, essentially. So they're going to come out with an official report, and I'm very interested to see if they come out and say, no, his findings are correct, or if they come out and just say he's full of crap. They say that in addition to recent claims by a whistleblower, reports continue to surface regarding unidentified anomalous phenomenon. The House Oversight Committee is following these UAP reports and is in the early stages of planning a hearing. So they're already trying to get behind this and see what they can uh, see what they can do. So we'll have to see how they how they uh, decide they want to push this forward. But I will definitely, of course, be keeping up on this. And if there's any, you know, breaking news, I'll do a whole episode about it because this this is a big one guys like i can't i can't um over express how revolutionary this is that if the government is going to admit that we have downed spacecraft and we've been reverse engineering them and we have found alien bodies i mean that's kind of what all this has been leading to and like i said if if you guys have been into quote unquote into aliens for any time at all you already know these things are happening but for the government to come out and say it is a huge step either in a positive direction of of honesty and disclosure to to the u.s citizens which there should be disclosure because it's our tax money they're using or in a more nefarious way of they're about to spin something really big and we need to watch out of what's going to come but either way this is probably one of the biggest news stories of my lifetime or anybody's lifetime you know the government saying that there's there's aliens that they've been finding and working with and stuff so i uh yeah that's all i really got to say about it at this point but we will definitely be keeping up on it and along those same lines see this is how this all works as they give little pieces and kind of lead up to it but along those same lines this comes from space.com repeated signals from the center of the milky way could be aliens saying hello new study finds so until now 
this is a quote from the article, until now Radio SETI, which is the search for extraterrestrial intelligence, has primarily dedicated its efforts to the search for continuous signals. Our study sheds light on the remarkable energy efficiency of a train of pulses as means of interstellar communication across vast distances. Notably, this study marks the first ever comprehensive endeavor to conduct in-depth searches for these signals. So they usually look for these like continuous you know, repetitive signals coming back and forth, but they're saying, you know, we might be looking in the wrong place. And there's all these other kinds of bursts of signals that come from the center of our galaxy and we find them all over the place. And they're saying, well, these could actually be aliens trying to communicate and sending beacons out. And so we need to look into them further. Now, when I hear something like this, I mean, we hear this all the time. How many, probably every week since I've started this podcast for what, almost four months now, I've, I've shown you another article where they come out and say, we might have found a signal from space. We might have found extraterrestrial life. We might have found all these planets that um, support life and there might be radio bursts coming out of them or there's evidence of a Dyson sphere in the middle of our galaxy. Now, all these different little things where they give these little pieces, but they don't have any like conclusive evidence of somebody coming forward and saying, no, yeah, it's it's for sure aliens like we got aliens here but we know that they already know this we know that this is happening like there's been countless whistleblowers throughout the last 40 years 60 years talking about this stuff so we already know that this is happening so anytime i hear an article like this um it's interesting it's really interesting how they're doing it but it's like there's one of two options to me one People like SETI are actually trying their best, but they're not getting the information from the people who actually know anything, so they're just kind of grasping at straws. Or two, it's all just a smokescreen to keep us distracted from the fact that we're already working with aliens, we already got them here, we already have down crafts and alien bodies. Which again, just leads me into this, this question of why are they allowing it to come out more now? Or can they just not hold it back? And how are they going to control that narrative? So I, of course, will have all of these linked up on my website at stolenreality.com underneath the episode notes. But there's three different articles on this. One from space.com, one from universetoday.com, and then one from Business Insider. And they all talk about the same thing, how SETI has now started looking for um, these messages in a different way and kind of tuned their their equipment to look for things in a different way. And they all, all the articles are really interesting and kind of give different details of how this is all working. So I, I highly suggest you guys go in and read through these. I don't know if you guys go to my website and read through these articles, but you know, I just touch the base of them. There's a lot more information on them. And when it's something like this, like this is this is really important, guys. <laughs> like, like this is could technically change the entire history of the world. Like, what would you do? What would you do if tomorrow the government, the, the president came out and held a press conference and said, okay, here's the truth, guys. We found a craft during the Roswell incident, and then Eisenhower was approached by aliens, and we made an agreement with them to trade technology to be able for them to abduct people and do genetic, you know, research every, you know, so often. And they mutilate cattle so that they can take genetic samples from them. And we're on the middle of a trade route, and there's like 12 different species that come here, and they've been here for thousands of years. What would you do if that happened? Because that is that is kind of what we're leading up to. It's just how does that disclosure get to this point? 
Um, but those are all the quote unquote conspiracy theories that have been going around forever. And now they're just letting little tiny pieces out of it. Um, so keep up with this stuff because it, it will literally change the entire paradigm of the world when they come out and talk about this. You know, when I had that big old interview with that um, Dr. O'Connor a little while ago, and he was talking about these, he calls them the others, but these extraterrestrials interest in our nuclear programs, like, and what can that possibly mean? Are they worried about us blowing ourselves up? Is it because of um, their own military intelligence? Are they wa wanting to attack us at some point? Like, there's a lot of really big questions that need to be answered that we're getting closer to having public disclosure on. Okay, I know I'm all fired up about this, but these are really big things and, and um, we should be fired up about it. We all should be. We should all be writing our local representatives and everybody saying, why the hell aren't we talking about this? Like you think, you know, going to your job and, and buying a new car really matters. What if we actually have the technology to have completely free energy and for everybody to heal themselves almost instantaneously and to be able to teleport? And what if we have all these technologies that whistleblowers come out and say that we have and we could have a perfect world essentially, but it's being suppressed? That's not even a what if in my mind. That is exactly what is happening, which is why I started this whole show in the first place. You know, I was, I've been talking to some people and they'll be like, you know, you kind of do a show just about a little bit of everything. Like maybe you should have a more specified show and it, it be more just about aliens or just about this. You might have, you know, grow a stronger user base like that. Like when you're trying to build a podcast, one of the biggest things they say is have a very specific niche. And I know that I do episodes on a little bit of everything, but to me, it's not separate things like all of this all ties into itself that's the whole point of my show I plan on doing this show for a very long time and over the years of doing this I hope it builds this bigger picture that you know when I talk about things like our mental capacities and then I talk about things like lost artifacts and then I talk about things like uh, ghost encounters or alien encounters all of the or sleep paralysis or whatever all of these things tie in together to this overarching picture that the world that we actually live in is being covered up and it's not this like day-to-day nine-to-five grind like that's an important part of it obviously you have to take care of your life you have to take care of your family and we you know we have a society structured on money that we have to um, play the rules of but there's something so much bigger going on, and all of these things add up to it. I am a very, very firm believer that we have the technology to have a very peaceful, very perfect, essentially, world where everybody has everything they need provided for them because it's built with technology, and we have free energy, and we have technology that can produce food, and we just you know, we wouldn't be making any sort of carbon emissions and we are able to travel the stars. I believe in all these things because I've spent my entire life looking into these and hearing people like this government whistleblower come out and say, yeah, these things are real and then just get shut down and covered up or murdered, which happens a lot over and over and over again. You know, I keep seeing these memes about Hillary Clinton and her 56 friends who have committed suicide and everybody's like nobody has 56 friends who have committed suicide but people in power don't want to lose their power and when you start talking about these uh, ways that we have for people to have this peaceful world 
The downside of that for rich people or, or people in power, not just rich people, there's nothing wrong with having money, is that they lose their power when they don't have people who rely on them and have to build their lives towards them. And again, that is why I started the show, guys. And that is why I do kind of episodes about a little bit of everything because it all builds this, this bigger picture. All right, I'm going to quit ranting. Let's go on to the next article here. So coming out of space, and another one of my theories that ties into all this is about underground civilizations, right? Because again, I think this all ties in together. I think there was a civilization before us that moved underground before the last ice age, and then they reemerged. But anyway, we can talk about that later. But anyway, this comes from futurism.com. Gigantic mountains inside of Earth mystifies scientists. So there's these gigantic buried mountain ranges, and they call them ultra-low velocity zones, or ULVZs, OLVs. I could have came up with a better acronym than that, but um, they're located in the core mantle boundary inside of the Earth, around 1,800 miles deep. They say some of them can be four and a half times the height of Everest, more than 24 miles in height. And they say that they're completely hidden until they were recently revealed by seismic data from earthquakes and even atomic explosions. So when they use seismic data, you know, it sends these shock waves down to the earth and bounces things back. Well, they're finding that there's huge mountains underneath the earth and they don't really understand why or how that worked. They say that we found evidence for ULVZs kind of everywhere, adding that if it's big enough, we can see it. So they speculate that these structures may be remnants of ancient oceanic crusts that were pushed deep into the Earth's interior or parts of the mantle that have been superheated by the planet's searingly hot core. I'm not going to argue the science on that, but what this kind of says to me, like I, you know, I, I talk about a hollow Earth theory a lot and people hear hollow Earth and it's like an eggshell and they're like, there's no way the Earth is hollow like an eggshell. Well, it's not. That's not what hollow Earth theory is unless you're just an idiot. It's that the earth is very cavernous and there's huge pockets of mountain ranges and all sorts of, of life-sustaining um, areas underneath the earth where different species live and stuff. And I, again, I believe that and I'll do more episodes about that at some point because there's a lot of evidence for that. But it's really cool when they find these. But what's also really interesting, and this is huge speculation on my part, but when they find these deep earth mountains, they also find what are called blobs or they call them large low shear velocity provinces or they just call them blobs but there's these anomalous blobs essentially next to these mountain ranges and they don't know essentially what they are yet or why they're there but first thing my mind goes to is oh maybe there's mountain ranges with some sort of artificial domes or something down there next to them i don't know anyway like i said that's speculation on my part i'm not going to say that they you know there's 18 that's 1800 miles is pretty deep underneath the earth. That's pretty close to getting down to pretty hot temperatures down there. So I'm not going to say necessarily that that is what they're finding. Again, I'm just saying that this leads more credence and more evidence to the fact that the earth isn't just this big solid um, rock. You know what I'm saying? With like lava in the center of it. It's very cavernous. It has a lot of stuff underneath the earth that we haven't seen yet or that we have seen yet that they're not talking about. Again, until whistleblowers come out and, and talk about it. All right, getting out of the realm of aliens and underground civilizations and all that fun stuff that I love to talk about. This comes from usatoday.com. Elon Musk's Neuralink has FDA approval to put chips in humans' brains. Here's what's next. So 
I'm sure you guys have heard of Neuralink. You know, Elon Musk is always coming up with some fun stuff, but he has been developing the ability to put kind of a microchip into somebody's brain and directly link them up with the computer. And um, they finally approved that through the FDA saying that he can start human trials. They don't know when trials will begin, but the valuation of Neuralink has risen to about $5 billion from $2 billion two years ago. So obviously people are putting a lot of stock in this. They say that Neuralink's goal with its human trials is to eventually enable a person with paralysis to use a computer or phone with their brain activity alone. So there's a lot of, you know, looking at this, we can we can see a lot of amazing things that could come from this, obviously. Um, you know, if you were paralyzed or something and being able to now all of a sudden communicate, um, that's there's a lot of amazing things, especially when we look at the new robotics that we're building. You know, I just did a, a report like a week or two ago about the spider arms that they're testing out that they put on people's backs. Well, what if you couldn't use your arms, but we can just give you six more and stick them on your back and you can just link them up to your brain and use them. So there's huge, huge, amazing benefits from something like this. And then, of course, we can go down the other side of how scary this can be integrating people with machines, especially when machines are pretty much gaining their own sentience at this point through AI. Um, there's a lot going on and there's a lot of different avenues this, that this can take. You know, there's a lot of people who believe the next stage of human evolution is through computers and through technology and that we essentially start blending with them and becoming this this um, cybernetic human species. You know, when I talked to Twitchy Witch, that was her ideas about it. She thinks the next stage of human evolution is for us to integrate with that. And I think that that's a very plausible thing to happen. And I think that that's also, I you know, I don't know if the word Luciferian is the right word, but, you know, I did that. Is Stanley Kubrick a Freemason? And I touched on a lot of things on that. But if you remember from 2001, A Space Odyssey, that was kind of the overarching theme is that technology and man, you know, man creates this, this artificial intelligence technology that is too strong and then he fights against it. And then he becomes the new man through this obelisk essentially through this this integration into the next stage of human development and so that idea has been around for a very long time and we are right on the cusp of all of these things happening it's a very exciting time to be alive you know when i was growing up i was always like man i wish i was alive in the time of the samurais or i wish i was alive in the time of the knights and kings or, you know, pirates or whatever, you know, actually what's really interesting is that like samurais, pirates and cowboys were, were kind of all at the same time. It was just a really crazy time to, <laughs> to be roaming the earth. But when you look at today's world and everything that's happening, there is no more exciting time to be alive because we have the culmination of everything and we are really moving on to this next stage of, of human life. And that can be a really good thing or a really scary thing, depending on how it all plays out. You know, I, I've been kind of playing around with this idea a lot lately about heaven and hell and the idea of it being the earth that we're going to create and it really coming down to our mindset about it as we go forward. Are we the gods? Are we all these individual powerful beings? And because of that, do I have the right to hook myself up to technology and use it to my best interests at all times and try to become more powerful and gain for self? Or is there divinity above us? Is there a hierarchy and we are not at the top of it, which means we are all underneath this um, idea of God, 
which means that we have to do for others and build this perfect world um, for each other, which I think is really where we're at with everything right now. I think we're at that stage of where we're making that choice very rapidly of what kind of new world are we going to build because we all see the world that we know crashing down. The world I grew up in, I grew up in the 90s. I was born in 1988. I'm an old man now, but I grew up in the 90s, early 2000s, you know, and that world is gone. That was like 20 years ago. That world is just gone, you know, and especially if you're a little bit older than that, you understand exactly what I'm talking about. Like your world is just gone. And this, we're at a point now where all of it is coming to a point where it's crumbling down and we're creating this whole new society, this whole new world. And is it going to be a beautiful, peaceful world? Or is it going to be essentially hell on earth where we're all enslaved underneath corporate, um, entities, which is kind of where we're pushing it right now, which is what we need to figure out how to how to get around. And then speaking of tearing down the old world and building a new one, this comes from artnet.com. French archaeologists decry the loss of 7,000-year-old standing stones on a site that was destroyed to make a DIY store. So dozens of prehistoric standing stones in Carnac, southwest France, have been removed to make way for a retail store. According to um, Obelitz, who is an archaeologist in the area, some 39 menhirs, which are the term for such standing stones, standing up to 40 inches high, were lost. They were estimated to date back some 7,000 years based on carbon dating conducted in 2010. So we essentially have this little mini Stonehenge that they went and just destroyed so that they could put a fucking do-it-yourself store there and a little retail shop. So... I don't think there's any conspiracy behind that. That's just straight up greed, but what a tragic loss. That's, that's, (laughs) I don't know how that happened. How did they not have that as a protected site? That's really sad. So do better, France. And then sticking with the old world here, this comes from Heritage Daily. Near the village of Cogulans, Cogulans? We're going to go with that. In the municipality of Montblanc, Spain, they have found about 250 carvings and they are pretty cool. They were found in a site called Roca de las Ferraderas. Eh, I might have got that right. In the Prades Mountains. I am sorry that I butcher so many words on this show, guys. If you <laughs> if you are from one of these countries and I'm just destroying your heritage by saying these wrong, email me, yell at me, tell me how to say them right. But anyway, they date back to the Bronze Age about 4,000 years ago. And they're really cool. They're, they used a... Um, a technique called pecking to make these, which is essentially, from what it sounds like, just chiseling into the rock. But they found about 2,500 of these things, or I'm sorry, 250 of these things. But what's interesting about these to me is they look like little dragons, all of them. Now, I don't know exactly what they were doing. Maybe they were just doing birds. Maybe they were doing some kind of lizard. Maybe they were putting their gods in there. I don't know for sure. But they look like little little uh, depictions of dragons so you guys should come on here and check this out of course i'll have this linked up and this one will be the one from heritagedaily.com it'll be on my site at stolenreality.com underneath the episode notes but they're pretty cool looking little little etchings they look like uh they look like snakes with almost moose antlers coming out the side but to me it looks like big wings um 
And I don't know what other creature that could be if they weren't trying to depict some kind of dragon because it doesn't really look like a bird to me, but they're pretty cool little etchings. You know, and from 4,000 years ago during the Bronze Age, that's we get a lot of stories back then of people slaying dragons. So maybe over there in Spain, they had some of that going on. And then this one comes from wavy.com. Your gun or your ganja. It's illegal for marijuana users to own a gun. So this is pretty interesting, especially for my home state of Montana, because in Montana, we all own a lot of guns. I mean, we probably have more guns than people in Montana. I would say that's a pretty accurate accurate statement because everybody I know, you know, we have, a, we have a ton of them. We all carry pistols and we all got hunting rifles and shotguns and all sorts of stuff. Um, it's funny how we don't have any mass shootings either. But anyway, this article talks about how the federal government still looks at marijuana usage as the same as they look at heroin or cocaine. So if you're a normal, everyday um, citizen who uses marijuana regularly, whether it's lawfully or unlawfully, it doesn't matter. You can't possess a firearm because under federal law, as you point out, it's still illegal to even possess marijuana. So that's pretty interesting because we made uh, pot legal here a little while ago, so you can just go down to a store and buy some. But it turns out if you're doing that regularly and they want to bust you on it, they can take your guns away because of that, which I think is pretty scary. They say it's an easy charge to convict someone of. Smoking a joint one time isn't enough to make buying a gun illegal. To prove those charges, Jackson said prosecutors must show that a person uses marijuana regularly. You have to be you have to have regular use. Daily use is preferred. So if you're smoking pot all the time and they want to come take your guns, they now have the ability to do that so just be careful out there if uh if you're a lawful gun owner if you're not a lawful gun owner you shouldn't have one in the first place but if you're a lawful gun owner and you're a lawful marijuana smoker you're breaking the law all of a sudden so watch your back all right and now we're moving into a new segment in the what a week episodes called quickies 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 i'll make a i'll make a sound bite for that I won't ever do that again, I'm sorry. But at the end of each episode, I usually go over a couple little fun ones um, that don't really need much explanation because they're just kind of goofy articles. So that is what's going to happen at the end of episodes from now on in this quickie segment. So let's go through these. This one comes from LiveScience.com. Great white sharks have almost no interest in eating humans, a study confirms. So that's awesome. Juvenile great white sharks are near people in the Southern California nearly every day, but they rarely bite them. So they say conclusively, they don't want to bite you. That makes me feel, well, actually that doesn't make me feel any better. I'm still afraid of the ocean. But if you like the ocean, just know they're not out to get you. This next one's from CNN.com. Four young children went down in a plane crash in the Amazon jungle, and unfortunately their mother died. And they just found them 40 days after that plane crash. But they're totally fine. They say that they're learning from indigenous families and their learning of living in the jungle has saved them. They say that their total survival... They say that they've demonstrated an example of total survival that will be remembered through history. They say that they survived by living like children of the jungle. Gustavo Petro, who's the president of Colombia, said they are children of the jungle and now they are children of Colombia. So I'm sure that was a horrific experience for these kids. Their mother died, and then they lived in the jungle for 40 days. But good on them for sticking to it and sticking together. They were all found together, safe and alive, and for for living off the land and, and making it through. Just goes to show that people can get through anything, even at a very young age, if you're just intuitive enough and you don't give up. This next one's from futurism.com. 
furious orcas throw around a yacht like a rag doll. So this is another encounter and just this string of encounters that seem to be orchestrated attacks by orcas. Orchestrated. Aha, there you go. But anyway, these killer whales have been attacking people like left and right lately. I keep seeing all these different videos about it and they're getting um they're getting pissed. I did an episode a little while ago about this happening and uh I I posted a video on my site about a person's small boat getting attacked by orcas. But I guess this is happening increasingly often, so on one hand, the great white sharks don't want to eat you. On the other hand, the orcas want to kill you. So, ocean's still a terrifying place. Don't do it. We weren't made for it. And then this next one comes from foodrepublic.com. Turns out water actually isn't the best beverage for hydration. You know what it is? Skim milk or whole milk. They say it actually provides more hydration than water. Now, all I know is that after a hard workout in the gym or a nice three, five-mile run... I am not chugging a water bottle full of skim milk, so I think I'm going to stick with my water. But if you like milk, there's another uh, some vindication for you. You get a, It's good for your drinking, not only for your bones, but it actually gives you more hydration. And then this last one comes from Fox News. So up in British Columbia, some people had up on their property, they had a dead deer. So they put up a trail cam next to it to see if they could catch any critters coming up and eating off of it. And you know what they caught instead? two topless women in loincloths coming and what looks like eating the carcass. There's pictures of this from their trail cam, and it's they say that they think they were, they call them witches. They think they were doing some sort of witchcraft or something, but they're up and they're grabbing pieces of this deer. One of them holds the, the hoof up to its face. You can't tell if she's kissing it or smelling it or eating it because these are just still frames, you know, with uh, trail cams. They just take a picture every 10 seconds or whatever you have it set to, so it's not a video. But there's two naked women messing with this dead deer in the middle of the woods in British Columbia, and nobody knows why. What's really interesting to me is that in one of the photos, there looks like a man standing behind one of these women. So you can see her standing, and you can see her butt halfway because she has a loincloth on, but she's bending kind of forward. And then right behind her, you can see two legs, and those legs look like they have their full pants and full shoes on, so... I don't know what this other person, for it looks like a man just out of the clothing, could be a woman, but what the hell is going on here? Nobody knows. The, and the people that live on that property are obviously pretty freaked out, and everybody's trying to get to the bottom of this, but there's some sort of ritual, feral women out there chewing on deer, maybe doing some witchcraft, so... And if it, I actually looked where this was, if it was closer to me in British Columbia, because British Columbia is just like three hours above me here from Montana, I would have went up and uh, done some investigating because I'm planning on going up there on a motorcycle trip anyway. But it happens to be way over closer to Vancouver Island over um, on the on the West Coast there. And it's a little far away from me. But I really want to know what's going on with this stuff. So I'll try to keep up and see if we can find out why these women were eating a deer in the middle of the night and you co you of course can go onto my website at stolenreality.com and i'll have links to this and you come and look at these these weird pictures on here all right everybody and that wraps it up for today just like always if you want to get a hold of me you can always reach out to me at luke at stolenreality.com or you can go to my website underneath the contacts page and contact me there as well i would love to hear from you tell me what you're thinking about the show tell me if you got ideas for episodes what you think about things i've talked about just reach out to say hi i'm always available you can get a hold of me on there if you're enjoying the show which 
Like I always say, if you're not enjoying the show, I don't know why you're listening. But if you're enjoying the show, biggest thing I can always ask is just spread the word, guys. Help me get my listener base up. You know, I, I grew real fast right off the bat. Now I've kind of hit a lull. You know, you guys who have started listening have stuck around with it, and I appreciate every single one of you so much. Um, but I don't really know. You know, the marketing side of things is something I'm still learning as I go along. So I, I need to get to that next step of growing my podcast. And the, the biggest way that I can do that is ask for your guys' help. So tell your friends, you know, take one of the episodes, share it on your Facebook, whatever you can do to help me out. I would greatly, greatly appreciate it. I'm working on merchandise. I'm working on, you know, eventually I'll have a Patreon where I do extra episodes each month. So there's more stuff coming down the line. You know, I'm putting a lot of work into this. Doing this four days a week is is a lot. Um, but I'm loving every second of it. So the more you guys can help me help me make it grow, the better I can make the show. And of course, if you haven't given me a rating on whatever platform you're on, give me that five-star rating. And if you can, give me a written review. Helps me out immensely. That's what naturally lets people, you know, it pushes it in people's face more with their algorithm if I get better ratings um, or if I get more ratings. So the more you can do that, the more it helps me out. Well, I hope you guys had a fantastic week. Hope you have an awesome weekend planned ahead of you. You know, we're just rolling into summer pretty quick here. So get out there, make the most of it. It doesn't last long. Unless, you know, all these global warming people are right, in which case it's going to be endless summer and we're all going to burn anyway, but you might as well make the best of it now before it's too hot. I'll be back on Monday for my Mindset Mondays episode. And then, of course, like always, Wednesday's another deep dive into an interesting topic. Thanks for listening, everybody. Hope you have a fantastic weekend.